Good morning, and welcome into the Blitz, live here on Fan Run Radio, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. I'm Charlie Collier, back behind the board. It is Sam Beard, and we're uh, we're here with you, here with you for the next couple of hours on this Thursday morning, Thursday, December 21st, as we're getting you to your Second to last lunch break of the week. Our uh, second to last show before Christmas. Second to last show of the year. Yeah. It's winding down here, man. 2023 coming to a close. What's been your big takeaway of 2023, Charlie? Um, Books really making a comeback. They are. They are. They actually are. People are reading a lot more. They are, man. Books are back. That's a good one. It's my takeaway. That is a good one. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I have a 2023 takeaway, but... Yeah, you, you like after that? After you pulling, said books, that, I like that a lot. Pulling that out? Yeah. People really did get into books. You thought I wasn't going to have anything. You thought <laughs> you were going to get me. Yeah. Books. P- people have just started, you know, they're, they're like, oh, I'm a reader now. No, book not. talk. You're not a reader. Dude, book talk. That was the thing. The, the, the book TikTok got people going. Alex, she was a big reader. She was a huge reader. She was a big reader. Massive reader. She would be she would be here 45 minutes before the show started. She would beat me to the radio station. Book open, reading, mm-hmm. ready to roll. Yeah. Oh, I got through 100 pages last night. Oh, that's, that's sick, Alex. Good job. She did read a lot. I mean, I wish I could get into books like that, too, honestly. I read, but I would read random stuff yeah i don't yeah i just don't read like you know random stories random novels like i need i, I need something true i couldn't tell you the last time i read fiction mm-hmm. not a fiction guy which i think the book that i just bought is fiction probably i'm, I'm good with fiction too um but like i just buy very random stuff i just like i can just see one person randomly mention a book in passing and i'll say oh sure i'll go read it like I, the last four books that I've read, a book about the Nationals 2019 World Series run, uh, a book from a stand-up comedian, um, a book about college recruiting, and a book about the Norwegian and like Swedish ideology of outside living and fruits I leave. You know, just normal stuff. Why did you read that? I, I don't know. I'm actively reading it actually. Like just started. What's it about? Uh, I don't or what what can you what can you take away from it? Outside is good. That's my that's my main takeaway so far. Yeah. Outside it is good. good. It is definitely good. What I mean like started reading it like within the last couple of days, so not a whole lot yet. So far, I'm just Nordic, fruits to leave, outside is good. That's that's my three main, main takeaways. But, uh, yeah, books when, are back. When are you going to find yourself in in a situation to need that knowledge? Well, I think the thing that's is, my like, big thing. maybe it's going to encourage me to spend more time outside and, and maybe change the way that I go about my life. You know, maybe there do you have to be in a Nordic place to do that, though? Not necessarily. I don't think so. I think it's just more of a Nordic culture rather than 
What if our American culture doesn't align with their Nordic culture, though? We'll see is what that, happens. Is that the responsi- responsibility of the book? I don't know, Switch man. that around? Did you just... Like, who showed you this book? I was reading a, an article about basketball. And, and the person whose article I was reading was like, started reading this book, by the way. It's pretty good. So I just bought it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, a little bit crazy. Uh, Frill oof, it's sliv. That's how it's pronounced. It's uh, it's basically just the the Norwegian love for the outdoors and the concept of of friluvsliv or outside life is a, a Norwegian uh, just ideology that you know that they think leads to a lot of their happiness. Okay, sounds interesting. I guess. Jared said he set a new personal record, had 14 books this year. That's oh, a lot of books. Round of applause That's for Jared. a lot of books. Round of applause, Jared. That's a lot of books. I, Over a book need, a month? I think you deserve a pizza party. Over a book a month? Over a book a month, yeah. That is pizza party worthy. Like, honestly, maybe one of my 2024 goals would be, like, six books. You know, like a book every two months. 14 is impressive numbers. Should we start a fan-run book club? That'd be interesting. Each show is reading a book at the exact same time, and then like once a week you do like a little recap. Or, or we could just create it into a. That's new what show. I'm saying. No, a fan run book club with like uh, a monthly Twitter space where we're we're talking with the book. People read with us. We yeah. gotta we, oh, let's brainstorm on this. All right, fan run book. Fan club. run book club. I'm writing this down in my notes app. So yeah, yeah. That means that I'll either come back to it in a couple of days and we'll really get something together decade. or in three years i'm going to look back and say fan run book club what was i thinking at 10 10 on a thursday i think we could actually probably do something with this what book would we start with um that's a good question maybe a poll are we non-fiction or are we fiction you know i think that's where you'd have to start i'm a big non-fiction guy. i like them both i really just like stories yeah i prefer real for me, it's just I don't need a genre. I don't really need fiction, nonfiction. As long as the story is good, I like it. It can be about foxes. It can be about the 1986 Olympics. I don't really care. Like, it's just, I also it's probably story, haven't. Good, I'm in. I don't really even know the last fiction book I've read. Like, it's probably back in high school, maybe middle school. So maybe I do like it. You know? Yeah. I mean, maybe I mean, you just. And I just haven't really been given fiction a chance. But I'm a nonfiction guy. It's all good for me. Donovan said he read the Bible through in 2022. That's that's impressive. That's impressive. That's very impressive. All right. Well, uh, exactly the kind of let us know what book to start with. Exactly the kind of start to this Thursday show I thought we were going to have. A little book talk. Bull riding in books in the last two days. Bull riding in books. Right here on the Blitz. And I'm not mad about it. I'm not either. You know, it's that time of year, right? We're just getting to Christmas. <laughs> just getting to Christmas. I mean, three and out did like an hour of trivia. Really? Yeah. Last three and out ever? That's what they're saying. Ever? Streets are talking. Streets are talking. Streets are talking. People said that that might have just been the last three and out of all time. I mean. Maybe tomorrow, maybe not. 
the talk of this transfer portal, man. It's I didn't know it was going to hit the workplace. Kids these days. Yeah, also, Houston's just not going to leave. Like, <laughs> what are we doing, guys? I don't know. I don't know. What, Houston is. He's holding I don't know out what for he's a doing. bag. I don't know why he's doing it. But surely there's no way. He is. He is. He, he's not going anywhere. Surely, right? Surely. I would be shocked. Color me shocked. That's also a strange phase, phase, phrase, phase. I don't think <laughs> color that me is, shocked. I don't think that is the phrase. I think you just combine color. I don't know if I've ever heard. Maybe <laughs> color me anything. I guess yeah. You can just apply it to like any adverb, right? Yeah, I guess. Color me amazed. Col- <laughs> Why is it just color me though? I don't know. I don't really think I want to figure it out any either. Oh man, what are you? Uh, what are you doing for the holidays? You 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 pumped? You got any kind of um, anything other than just going home? No, I don't have a whole lot planned. But honestly, that's good. I kind of like just getting my break and just kind of sitting there and chilling. I yeah, watch I'm excited. football, I'll watch basketball, I'll hang out with some friends. I don't think I've been home for more than three days yeah. since last Christmas. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to go spend pretty much a week, pretty much a week in Franklin with the family and just getting it done. Getting it done. I yeah, don't know what is... I'm going to do. I'm just going to – I think I'm going to every morning just like go walk five miles and then come back and watch a movie. Okay, because I don't know. I, I'm just gonna be there. I don't know. I would space. I would space that out in your day. You know, like you're gonna have so much time on your hands that you're not gonna know what to do with. Well, that's I what I figured. If I just wake activities. up, eat some breakfast, go walk five miles, watch a movie, then it'll be about one or two o'clock, and that's when people are ready to start doing things. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's just gonna be my morning. Okay. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. Got to go to. Uh, I want to go see that movie Iron Claw too. I haven't heard it. Iron Claw? Yeah. Zach Efron, apparently he's he's doing a great job. It's about those wrestlers. Oh, I've seen that ad. I saw that ad when I was uh Okay. I want to go see that. I also uh that Wasn't Sydney John Sweeney talking movie, about this? Sydney Sweeney movie comes out tonight. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I heard you and Cody talking about that. You're yeah. excited about that one. I'm excited about that one. Well, she's just such a good actress. She is. she's one of your favorite actresses. She just does uh such a dynamic and explosive job mm-hmm. up there on the screen uh really just you know enthralled with her and her ability to really uh just deliver a certain picture yeah real double whammy just really in your face and How her, is uh, the, and her breasts are big did this uh did this this wrestling movie is what john was talking about right yeah it is and it's on a true story? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think it's a story that like wrestling fans are already very familiar with. Yeah, would it be something that me as a non-wrestling fan has any interest in? I'm also not a wrestling fan, so my thought process is that us not knowing the story at all might actually make it more interesting because we don't have any preconceived like ideas yeah. of how it should or should not be played out, interpreted. I think that's fair. 
I just don't really like wrestling all that much either. Like, I don't really care about wrestling families. But maybe I do. Zach Efron in it is really kind of throwing me off. Like, they, say, he, uh, they say it's like an, a, a, an award-worthy performance from him. Wow. Like, they say it's maybe enough to revive his career entirely. They say it's the best he's ever acted. I was going to say, what is his last, like, acting job, I guess? Like, I don't really... He was good when he played that hot serial killer that one time. Ted Bundy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a good Bundy. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if that's what you want to hang your hat on, you know? Man, I played that Ted Bundy guy really well. <laughs> oh, yeah, Baywatch, he was in that. Yeah, see, he's just in... They just put him in any movie that they can throw you in. He was in The Greatest Showman. The Neighbors. Yep, Neighbors. Dirty Grandpa. Uh, I did enjoy Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. It wasn't a good movie, but I, I enjoyed it. I feel like I saw him in something else that was good, maybe. Paperboy, was he supposed to be good in that? I feel like that was a weird movie. Disaster Artist, he was in that for a little bit. He voiced Fred Jones in the 2020 Scooby-Doo film. Really? What was he in the Lorax? <laughs> he was in the Lorax? Apparently. He was Ted. Ted in the Lorax. Okay. So, uh, okay, maybe he's not actually... I, I could have sworn I'd seen him act well once or twice before, besides just these mindless roles. Few and far between, it seems. Yeah. So, uh, a couple good movies. We got a good wrestling movie, and Sydney Sweeney has big breasts. Okay. It's going to be a good weekend. Yeah. Anyway, everything good with you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Oh, also the guy uh, from The Bear is in it. Okay. The one that stayed in that one chick. Just like the main guy from The Bear? Yeah, yeah. I don't know his name, but I know his face. I'm really bad with celebrity names. Um... um Jeremy Allen White, is that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And he's dating he the girl. was a three-namer. And they were together in the parking lot smoking those cigarettes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the picture a bunch. It was all over yeah? Twitter. Anyway, anyway. It's game day. Happy game day. Tarleton State coming to town. Yeah. Uh, Billy Gillespie not coming to town. So that is disappointing. I thought we were going to get Billy in town. Uh, he's sick, though, so they're they're – Dealing with something with him and his health. Uh, got an interim coming to town instead. Tennessee, 21-point favorites. Kind of a weird game. Just one of those days. Uh, signing day also, I guess, wrapping up still technically, right? Mm-hmm. But everything's come and gone now. We'll take a look at Tennessee's class and some of the, the news from the closing end of the day. Um, some pretty good hoops last night. Yeah. A couple of upsets in the Big East. Pretty good night of college hoops. A lot to get into today. And again, it's our second to last show of the year. So uh, really just two days and, and the next time we're on the air, we'll know what the national championship game is. Tennessee's football season will have come to a close. Bowl season over. Man. We'll have an FCS national champion. Tennessee would have played two basketball games. A lot. He's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot's happening today, too. Bang. Stay with us on the Blitz. Ever been there? Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle. 
All right, back here on the Blitz, back here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Pick yourself up some White Claw this weekend. Heading home for Christmas. Drinking with the family. Watching some football. We got bowl games. We got the NFL. It's a pretty loaded sports weekend, considering that it's also Christmas weekend. Surprisingly loaded. Uh, So pick yourself up some White Claw. When you're watching sports, hanging with the family this weekend, White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge at 8%. Alcohol. White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store or online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-packs and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. So, uh, Sam, signing day pretty much wrapped up. Not a very newsworthy signing day. No, not really. Not really. Not a lot going on. Um, Tennessee didn't really... Get any flips, you know, they didn't really go into the day expecting to flip anybody. There weren't really any big decisions being made. Weren't any Tennessee commits that had any drama surrounding them. You had, you know, 21 players committed, 21 players signed. In and out. Uh, but but nationally, I think still a couple of things to look, out, look at coming out of signing day. Uh, most notably, Jordan Seaton. Did not sign. No. Uh, I don't even feel bad about this anymore. I don't really either. I I look back now and I laugh about, you know, how, I guess, just beside ourselves we were when when Jordan Seaton committed to Colorado. (laughs) When we were live on the radio, you know, we were freaking out. Colorado, are you kidding me? I I, I don't even know what to think with, with Jordan Seaton anymore. Now, Decommitted from Colorado, Maryland, becoming a last-minute player, potentially even the last-minute favorite. Took a a surprise, under-the-radar, like sneaky visit to College College Park last weekend. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Seaton commits and decommits like three more times between now and and the final signing day uh, in in this winter. Yeah, it's uh. I'm 100% with you. You know, it felt like the the sky was falling when he didn't get Seaton a couple of weeks ago, and now, you know, everything's kind of played out in this recruitment, and he's committed to Colorado, then he's talking to other schools, and he's maybe flipping to Maryland when Maryland wasn't even in the conversation, taking potential visits to Oregon. Yeah, it just kind of seems like the kid's getting pulled in, like, nine different directions, and he, he doesn't even really know where he wants to go now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really – I'm not all that – all that mad about not getting him. I mean, you've got your, you've got your two tackles back in, in Campbell and Mincy, and you, I think you brought a couple guys in in your class already that has got to make you feel pretty good about, you know, what you've got going. I think you have got to feel better about having, you know, a guy like Bennett Warren here in town instead of a guy like Jordan Seaton. So, you know, I think that you kind of get, you know, there's a couple of kids like every single year I think in every cycle that have this this you know theatrical commitment that kind of just comes down to who can you know who can pay the most money and then you know I think two three years down the line you you talk about that kid again and you're like where did he end it up 
Yeah, I feel like oftentimes uh, players that have recruitments that have kind of gone the way of, of Jordan Seaton's don't always work out at the at least at the first school they go to. You know, I I don't mean to sound like a, like a hater or anything, but I would be surprised if if Jordan Seaton is not in the transfer portal at some point in the next two years. So maybe just save your money for then. I saw a you know, great you, tweet you last night. Two, you got your two tackles for next year. Mincy's back. Campbell's back. Maybe just worry about getting Jordan Seaton in the portal next year. Yeah. You know, let him let him go get some reps somewhere else at this point. Uh, I saw a tweet saying like, I guarantee that Jordan Seaton will be an Ole Miss Rebel in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Brew McCoy was one of those kind of players. You know, sometimes yeah, a little you do bit. Just, sometimes you do just need to go somewhere and figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it does just take a year or two of college to really, you know, oh, snap, this is what life is like now. Right. Maybe he's just one of those guys. But, uh, I mean, the good news, right, the good news from yesterday, again, we talked about it, five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley of Acadiana High School in Lafayette, Louisiana, decommitted, or I guess didn't technically decommit from A&M, but essentially decommitted. Um, has now just pushed his signing back to National Signing Day in February. Um, scheduled an official visit, uh, an official goodness, an official visit to LSU the weekend of January twelfth, and an official visit to Tennessee the weekend of January nineteenth. Uh, feels like LSU may be the favorite here, just by a hair. I mean, it is a Louisiana kid. How often? How often can you really go into Louisiana and take a top, you know, five player in the state away from LSU? But um, Tennessee does have the benefit if they can get to that final weekend. They do have the last visit. You know, if they can keep the positive momentum going for basically the next 30 days and you can get to January 20th, then you have the chance to make the final impression and you can do it when Tennessee is playing Alabama in basketball on a sold-out Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Absolutely helps. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's the good news from yesterday. And, I mean, if you can somehow figure out a way to add McKinley to this class, I think you're feeling a lot better. I've seen some uh, seen some mixed reviews from this class. Some people that aren't actually all that happy uh, with what Tennessee's done. In terms of what, just like the ratings of these guys? or Yeah, or just what? the final class rankings. I mean, I just think... I don't know. I, I think in honestly in in kind of this NIL era and the transfer portal and everything, like I think kind of the the gap in a lot of these recruiting classes is really not all that as big as we think anymore. I don't think it's all that big at all. Yeah. Like that that's kind of where I'm at these days is sure five feels a lot different than say, you know, fourteen or fifteen. Six feels a lot different than 15. Are they really that different? I don't think so. You know, you can look at on three and Tennessee's 13th. Oh, my gosh, Tennessee's 13th. They didn't even pull in a top 10 class. How on earth could you not pull in a top 10 class coming off the momentum of an 11-2 season? What's the difference between 13 and 6? You know who 6 is? Oregon. They signed 25 players, zero five-stars, 
18 four-stars, seven three-stars. Tennessee at 13, one five-star, 12 four-stars, 21 total players. So they signed four less players and, what, like four less blue-chip guys, basically, four and five-star prospects. And that's the difference in, in you know, like seven spots. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the way I see it, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, the, the the top three classes, they're kind of in their own tier. Those are always going to be there. Those are going to be there. Those are kind of in their own tier. Those classes, to me, are all pretty much the same. You know, maybe someone has one more five-star. Maybe someone has, you know, two more four-stars or a higher three-star than the other team or, you know, signed one or two more players. But, like, to me, one, two, and three, those are pretty much the same. But – I think you might even be able to throw Oregon in there just because they dominate the West Coast in recruiting, too. I wouldn't just because they didn't sign a five-star. They're down at six this year. But, but like, for me, like, one, two, and three, like, those classes are the same. It, it just comes down to, you know, how many of them can you keep in your program? How many of them can you develop? But for me, like, the, the difference between four and, and 15 is minuscule. Like, the, the, the fourth best class and the 15th best class might as well be pretty much be the same thing they're just all so jumbled in there that there's really not that big of a difference like it's not as big of a deal as some of us make it out to be I believe it comes down to especially now in the era of the transfer portal when you're losing probably a third of you know a fourth of this class anyway like all of these teams will lose 25 percent of these players to the portal at a minimum So the numbers that affect the rankings, those mean even less now. Like yeah. Just class size, at least, because if you sign a bigger class, that just means you're probably going to lose more players. But it, to me, again, it just comes down to like how well can you develop your players? How well can you identify guys that fit your scheme best? Like, is Tennessee not going to be able to compete for the playoffs because, you know, they're 13th in the recruiting rankings instead of 8th? You know, because Oklahoma signed two more four-star players, does that mean they can go to the playoffs and we can't? Yeah. It's like maybe we just have that replacement already in-house. You know, like we don't need to go recruit this kid. Like just because you're short two four-stars compared to the number seven team in the country and now you're at 14 or whatever, like I think you're right. I think that that difference is really not all that much. And it's just kind of the difference between like getting one more f- four star, maybe one or two more four stars in your class, and it's like. I mean, if if you do add this, you know, McKinley too, you're yeah, looking at a way you're looking at a class that jumps probably back up inside the top eight. Yeah, you know that's what another five star does. But I think this is a very good class. Again, I think you address positions of need. You know, you brought in a top five offensive line class, and you brought in. Some pretty talented defensive backs. You know, which, was was there potential for more in this class? I think so. You know, I think you could have done more in the secondary. You probably could have picked up like a Kai Bates. But, I mean, you still did a pretty good job. Boo Carter and Caleb Beasley, that's a, that's a good, you know, two defensive backs at the top of that class to bring in. Right. Grab Jamal McCoy. We'll we'll continue to see what happens in the portal too. But yeah, I don't think you're done. I uh, I'm overall pretty pleased, pretty pleased with what Tennessee's done. Um, we obviously know you know who the best players in this recruiting class are, 
Anyone to you before we transition on out of here? Anyone to you that maybe is flying under the radar in this class? Anyone you want to kind of call your shot on? Um, Anyone that's got the juice? You know, Peyton Lewis is a guy that, you know, that has put a ton on film at least, you know, and I think that, you know, Tennessee is – in the last couple of years, proven that, you know, they can really improve the draft stock of a lot of running backs. And I think it's, you know, it's a system that is, is very beneficial to some running backs. So I think Peyton Lewis is a guy that, that kind of jumps off the page to me as somebody who's just put up absurd numbers in high school. He's running for like 400 yards a game and for like five touchdowns. That's a guy to me that feels like can be a, you know, an instant impact player when he gets his chance at running back, uh, you know, but maybe not for a couple of years or so. Um, you know, obviously Mike Matthews and Brew McCoy, or not Brew McCoy, Boo Carter just kind of obviously stand out as two of those huge playmakers. Um, honestly, though, like I'm, I'm kind of excited to see Jake Merklinger a little bit too. I mean, I think that's a guy who, who really is maybe one of the more underrated quarterback prospects in this class, and I think, I think he'll end up having a pretty successful career here at Tennessee. You know, probably playing after Nico, obviously, but I think that's a guy who's a, an underrated quarterback prospect in this class. Yeah, that was uh, that was the same note that I was on there. I think Jake Merklinger has a lot more in his bag than people really realize. You know, I think he's a, probably a better quarterback than people thought. And you know, he if he stayed uncommitted a little bit longer and and played that recruitment out a little bit further, I think there's a chance more attention's paid to him. Therefore, that ranking's a little bit higher too. But he put up some great numbers. Uh, him and Peyton Lewis put up some really impressive numbers. Yeah. A uh, guy that I really like, though, in this class is Edwin Spillman mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, Liscom Academy. Just a really athletic linebacker, um, top ten player in the state. I know that's a clouded, crowded room. You know, I know, you know, you might have to get a little bit creative to work out some early playing time there. But I think that's a position that Tennessee continues to load up on some talent. He's got the size already of like a, a SEC football player, kind of. There's a couple videos of him on his social media, and he's like senior in high school, squatting, you know, 600 pounds for reps type of thing. I think another guy that kind of flies under the radar, I think Braylon Staley. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a top 20 guy at the position, a big four-star receiver, uh, but just Mike Matthews being in the class too, I think he flies under the radar. You're adding some some really good – talent in this class especially at the top of this class Mm -hmm. but uh it's game day we'll catch a break on the other side let's uh switch gears tarleton state coming to town Back here on the Blitz. It's game day. Game day. Yeah, we don't have a lot of them, uh, really, from that NC State game all the way through now to, uh, you know, January 6th when you play Ole Miss. Just two games in that two-and-a-half-week stretch. Kind of a weird period for basketball right now. And uh, this is always that time of year when college hoops gives you some weird results. So, Hoping to avoid one tonight. We're going to go over to the phone lines. Speaking of tonight's game, speaking of game day, 
want to welcome on tonight's play-by-play broadcaster, Andy Brock. Andy, how you doing, my friend? Charlie, Sam, it's a pleasure. It's a long time, no talk. It's good to hear you, Andy. Has been a while. This is my favorite duo on the radio, and it's weird being on this side of things, you know? Yeah, um, Tarleton State tonight, <laughs> eight and three, coming out of the whack. Uh, sadly, no Billy Gillespie, uh, but interim coach Joseph Jones, and they've gone six and one uh, with interim coach Joseph Jones. Uh, what can we expect tonight from Tarleton State? You know, Tarleton State is a, a very scrappy team. I think even you know before this season, they made that jump up to D one in twenty twenty. They've kind of been built on that defensive mantra, so you're going to get a lot of you know pesky guards. You're going to get tough defense. They're not going to shoot the three a lot. They're going to make their living on the on the interior. Um, but it's a team that, like you said, they kind of haven't missed a beat since the news that Billy Gillespie, you know, was stepping away for, um, you know, medical reasons. Joseph Jones, who was one of his stars under Billy Gillespie at Texas A&M, has done a fantastic job. He's kind of stepped right in and made things happen. I think 8-2 and two was their best start since they've made that jump up to D1. So they do a great job. You know, they're not afraid of tough environments. They've played – a lot of really tough teams on the road the last few years. I think they went to Baylor last year. They went to Gonzaga, went to Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas two years ago. So this is like nothing, this is nothing new for them. They're going to be ready to go for them. It's like one of their last big challenges as well before conference play. And I think they're a real player in the whack this year. Tarleton State University, is that in? Is Tarleton a city? Or is it in a different city? Do you know? You know, Charlie, you're putting me on the spot here. I know, <laughs> I know it's in Texas. And okay, I got it here. Other it's, than that, I think it's Stephenville, Texas. Yeah, I was gonna say Tarleton, not exact. a city. There we go. Tarleton, uh, not. It sounds like a city. Tarleton, <laughs> Texas, sounds real nice. Tarleton, Texas, is the kind of place that I want to raise a family. <laughs> Stephenville, though, I don't know about Stephenville. Who's Stephen? Why does he get his own ville? You have the history of, of why it's named Tarleton. Is it named after John L. Tarleton, the founder and main donor to that Tarleton sounds, State? sounds right to me. That sounds right to me. Oh, I thought you had it in front of you. I, I don't. Oh. I need to know the history lesson. Oh, okay. Well, uh, research department back there. Figure, figure it out for us. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tennessee, 8-3, and three, or uh, – yeah, yeah, eight and three. Sorry, um, Tennessee coming into this one, uh, looking to, you know, kind of just get to Christmas without ruining ruining Christmas. Basically, kind of a weird spot though. You look at these December games. Uh, you know, schedules have been uh, weird around the holidays with exams. You know, you're kind of looking to Christmas. You haven't been playing as much basketball. Does that? kind of concern you the fact that you know the schedules have just been uh you know so different than what you're used to in november and then obviously january through march yeah i I think charlie it's always just a weird time but you know the thing is you know players expect this every year right you know you get to that point where you're in exam period and you're dealing with all that now you know exams are done and then you're just kind of you know sitting around before the holidays kind of just like everyone going to work before this week it's like just a just a weird in-between ground 
Um, but you expect it, right? So I don't think this is anything different for Rick Barnes, obviously. It's nothing different than uh, something Josiah, Zakai, and, and, and Santi have experienced, maybe for these freshman guys who are hoping to get a chance to play tonight. But it's just something that you, you deal with every season. And I think, you know, one of the things that Coach Barnes is going to be stressing is, you know, playing a full 40 minutes, right? I think the last last time we saw this team at home at Georgia Southern, it was a disappointing second half, right? You came out strong out of the gates. You're playing a Georgia Southern team right before an NC State team, and then you go into the locker room and, and maybe forget about that final second half. You start looking ahead a little bit. So I think playing that full 40 minutes is going to be extremely important tonight. You know, one, just have that confidence before you take a, a match break, right? I think it's 12 days after tonight until you play again, January 2nd against Norfolk State, and then SEC play happens on the 6th. So it's going to be your last, you know, touch of the court for a while. So I think it's going to be important to leave with a stronger note, more so than even that Georgia Southern game. I think that's going to be something on their minds, and I'm sure Coach Barnes really hit them hard after that Georgia Southern game, and he's not going to want to see that again. Andy, uh, over or under – 11 and a half players touching the floor tonight for the Tennessee Vols. Great question again. You know, I'd, I'd like to think that everyone gets involved in this one. It just obviously depends on, you know, that second half. If, if things are going how it went last week against Georgia Southern, then maybe not. But, um, you know, Coach Barnes has a lot of faith in these freshmen. And, you know, these – these early non-conference games are where you have to earn your minutes for SEC play. I think that's you know another thing that they want to find out is, hey, which one of uh, a Freddie Dillion, a, a Kate Phillips, J.P. Estrella, and a Cameron Carr is going to help give us big minutes off the bench in SEC play. So I do think everyone, you know, if, I, don't, I don't know the exact number, but I do feel like those four freshmen are going to get a chance tonight, one, just to have a chance to, you know, earn valuable minutes in SEC play. You want to sort of have that figured out before you hit the new year. So I think this is a big proving game for those freshmen, as a lot of these non-conference games have been. You know, how can they handle these moments? Because SEC play is going to be a whole different beast for them. So um, definitely a lot of eyes on them, and a lot of that's going to be, you know, on the defensive game. Can they keep up? Are they going to be well-conditioned up and down the court? Are they not turning the ball over? Just things like that where you see, you know, freshman mistakes that's, you know, that you can't be have you can't have that in the SEC game, right? It's just a whole different level at that point. So I don't know what the exact number is, um, but I do expect those four freshmen to definitely, you know, get more minutes tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're you're looking at the way the schedule sets up, and really only a couple more chances to prove that you need to crack that rotation once things tighten up come SEC play. So a big night for some yeah, of those Charlie, guys. I'm not a- what was that? I'm not a schedule expert, but I'm not a schedule expert, but I I feel like the last few seasons there's been an SEC game before the new year. It feels weird having to wait all the way to January 6th for the first SEC game. So there's a, there's a lot of time between now and the 6th where I feel like last year you were on the road even before the new year hit. I uh I don't enjoy only having two games in this in this stretch basically from NC State on what the 19th to, to Ole Miss on, on January 6th, only having two games in between. Not a fan of that at all. Uh, makes me, you know, a little bit anxious that you you lose some of your rhythm and, and that you could be a little bit rusty with uh, pretty 
underrated Ole Miss team coming to town. Yeah, no, I, but I think that just to that same point, that's why you really can't afford to take too many plays off at this point. You, you want to be your sharpest going in to that next part of the season with the season's in three different slices, and you're about to wrap up that first one, hard to believe, two months in, but you're, you're hoping to be not your exact sharpest. You want to be your exact sharpest in March, but you're hoping to make a jump, so you don't have a lot of time to make that jump now. Again, we're talking with Andy Brock. Uh, broadcasting tonight's game. He is your, your play-by-play man. Uh, you and Steve Hamer tonight, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, the Steve. Uh, great Steve Hamer on the call once the again. The dynamic duo. Um, can we get any kind of Blitz exclusive scoop here? Will we get any kind of book segment at halftime today? Do, do you have <laughs> any information that you can leak to us? I have no insight for you guys. You'll just have to oh. tune in and find out. That's been my favorite part so far mm-hmm. of the broadcast is just the first like 15 seconds when they show you and then halftime when they tell us about what books they've been reading. Hey, this Tennessee basketball team, they've got a lot of good personalities, as I'm sure you're aware of. But, yeah, no, the book segment, Sarah Detweiler does a great job on that report as well. She'll also be joining us on the sideline tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a good little insight on, on a team with a lot of personality. I, I like it. I don't know if we'll be running it again tonight, but it's always a good one. Will you let them know that the fans really like them as well? Can you pass that along to somebody that just we want as much book content at halftime as we can get? (laughs) Possibly like an updated version where like what the current book that JJJ is reading. Like, uh, can we check back in with both Tobey and Josiah to see what progress they've made? I know they've been traveling, haven't had as many games lately, maybe had some more time to get into it. Because I know Tobe said the other day he's excited for Christmas break so he can read the books he wants to instead of the ones the class makes him. Yeah, That's right. No, Tobe did make a comment about books within the last week again. So I think you're right, guys. I think an update is needed, especially the next 12 days for Christmas, right? They should be able to get some reading in. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, I want while we're on the topic of books, I would also like to ask you, if me and Sam were to start a fan-run radio book club, would you join and read Ooh, along with us? Absolutely. Let's go. No, That's I've got news. a long list of books that I have written down in my notes app that I haven't gotten to yet. So That's perfect I will because we, we need ideas the for – club book to the top. Yeah, we need ideas for what to read. we want to read. <laughs> so uh, we can maybe just refer okay. to your notes, see if you got anything good in there. Um, oh, I have a list of at least 100 books in there. I don't <laughs> know how long it would take me to get through it. it. I mean, it might last me, this list might last me the rest of my life. So, <laughs> we can spin a wheel, as as the Blitz is extremely good at, and we can read a book, and I'm all in. Beautiful. Andy, I, uh, I want you to know that as your friend, uh, just I need you to know this, you will never read all 100 of those books. Like, you might no, just want to stop writing to books down at this point because in your <laughs> lifetime, you will never read all of those books. It won't happen. Yeah, I will say I'm proudly, I'm proudly at six this entire year of 2023, and there's still time left. I can finish another one before the end. I'm 75% through one of them, so I can maybe get seven at that rate. Yeah, there we go. I have a chance. There we go. Round of applause. I have a chance. Seven a year. I believe – but you're probably right. 15 no, that, more years. I have to up my averages up. Oh, man. Uh, starting to close down the hour.
Got to put you on the spot, Andy. It is the holiday Uh-oh. season. I need to know your favorite Christmas movie and favorite Christmas mm. song. Okay. You know, oddly enough, I'm not a huge movie person. You might know that. Not a huge movie person. Um, but if I had to pick one movie, ooh. Uh, growing up, I used to love the, the Rudolph one with the, the scary animations. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, Santa Claus was <laughs> disgusting. Was a little bit rude. A little bit rude. But I love that one. Island of Misfit Toys. It's a great song. Um, other than that, I love the uh, the Four Christmas movie with Vince Vaughn. You're familiar? Yeah, yeah. Vince Vaughn. That's my guy. Yeah. Oh, great movie. Great movie. Um, song. I like the uh, Blue Christmas by Elvis. That's in there. <laughs> that was um, I don't know the last thing I thought you would I don't say. Know. That's a great song. I don't know if it counts, but there's that um, John Coltrane album. You know John Coltrane, kind of like old classic music. It sounds like restaurant music that you go to at a nice restaurant. A good good trumpet, a couple of brass instruments behind it, but it just has the vibe, the Christmas vibe. I forget what what song what songs are on that album. Look up John Coltrane, throw them on. It just sounds like Christmas. I like John Coltrane. It's just so like I'd... that music. Yeah, exactly. It's that music you put on when you're you're having family dinner on Christmas mm-hmm. Day, and it just sounds very peaceful. Okay, I I don't know. So it's 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 Let's instrumental. Let's see. Uh, ballads, ballads by John Coltrane. Throw that in there. Music, I don't even yeah. know if he made that, intending it to be Christmas music, but it's, it it sounds just like it. I'll trust you, Andy. Does it have bells? I don't know if there's bells in there. Maybe some rattles? I feel like most ballads have bells. There could be some clacks. That's all I can need. That's, but he put <laughs> that's John all I Coltrane can really ask also, for. John Coltrane also has specific Christmas music, and it's beautiful. So throw on a little John Coltrane here in the next few days. It'll put you in the mood. I think the song, um, one of the songs I'm thinking of is In a Sentimental Mood. Mm. <laughs> yep, that's the one. The man, Andy Brock, ladies and gentlemen, just quite quite the guy. You ask him his favorite Christmas song, and he tells you John Coltrane. <laughs> All right, uh, on the call tonight, six thirty over on the Plus SEC Network Plus. Anything else? Uh, anything else we need to keep an eye on tonight when these two teams are out there? TBA at FCC. Man. Hey, two eight and three teams right before Christmas. I feel like uh, uh, Food City Center is gonna. Be uh, packed with some Christmas-themed individuals. If you don't make it, though, we should have a good broadcast for you. Bryson Wright's producing tonight. He does a great job. Me and Steve always like to have a little bit of fun, especially we do a lot of Thanksgiving games, but this is one of our first close-to-Christmas games, so I'm sure we'll have a few fun segments for you. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, just know, too, if you ever want to throw a Thompson Bowling Arena out there, the Blitz – the Blitz will pay you double listening. whatever they're giving you, unless that's a lot of money. Then we oh, okay. Don't then we don't have it. But, okay. Uh, anyway, good to hear from you, Andy. Always a pleasure. Good to hear from you, Andy. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Thanks, right. boys. Have fun in hour two. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. Hour two, it's coming up next. That was Andy Brock. He's on the call tonight. Tarleton State and Tennessee Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Hour one, it's done. Hour two on deck.
Uh, stay with us right here on Fan Run Radio. <laughs> 